This week we'll be talking about the K-pop drama of Microsoft v. Sony thickens. Sony's looking for their next Genshin Impact. Is Team Ninja bringing back two beloved IPs? And in this week, we've been playing Immortality, Call of Duty Warzone 2.0 slash DMZ, and Pokemon Violet. All this and more on Season 6, Episode 46 of Press X to Start Podcast. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. Antoine, you stomp. Antoine's the name of my uh, Black Bull Pokemon. <laughs> Black Bull? Yeah. Are you, Tor- uh, Torsen, am I trying to catch them all? Am I trying to catch them all? <laughs> Who else is here? I am Sean M.F. Ross. What the MF stand for? I am protesting DJ's Mandingo fighting. <laughs> As you should. It is it is horrid. It is just a terrible practice that I'm participating in. Uh who else? Jordan, aka J X Spot, aka Jordan Gambino, the Gambino family. The Funks, oh. the last surviving member. I got out when the police tried to come in and raid my moonshine. They didn't catch me. <laughs> but then I got into a slight car accident, though I was able to carry the moonshine on my back up the street to my home. To which I was able to find refuge for the Thanksgiving season. Jordan Gambino, FBI, you will never catch me ever. <laughs> wow. All right. I love it. And then last up. Oh, yeah, it's me, Avery. Nailed it. All right. Now you know who we are. Press XR Podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view on YouTube. Get our gaming news breakout on Tuesday, what we've been playing on Thursday, and the whole thing as a podcast on Friday. If you're watching on YouTube, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and hitting that notification bell. If you are listening, we'd appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are tuned in on. If you want to join us in our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. All right. Now you know who we are what we are, what we do, and what we're doing for you. Now we can jump into gaming news. All right, Avery, what's happening in the gaming news side? Take it away. Okay, so as per use, the Microsoft v. Sony v. Activision Blizzard v. Uh, pretty much world regulatory bodies has been an ongoing thing. I made a point to say, for the most part, we're not going to talk about it on a week-to-week basis because like, most of these headlines are really dumb and... Yeah. We're just regurgitating the same talking points and you're not really getting any new insight from us about how we feel because I've been very consistent about how I don't think this deal should happen. And yada yeah. yada. That being said, uh it's been an ongoing thing that the uh, UK Regulatory Board, CMA, has been opposing this deal and has been very vocal about it. Uh and both Microsoft and Sony have been very very much guilty in this matter of talking straight out of their asses in regards to this entire situation uh from an outside looking in point it's been exhausting but from an inside looking in point i understand the business reasons why the two of them are operating the way they are operating it's just one of those things where i really wish this was less of a public square situation and this was a straight behind the boardroom kind of thing i think this type of transparency i don't think it's absolutely necessary we all round route way to me to sort of preference I guess, which is going to be an onslaught of stories about this situation as a lot of information came out in a short period of time of the week of Sunday the 27th. So uh, our first story is from Kotaku.com, uh, from Luke Plunkett. Reports feds likely to fight Microsoft's purchase of Activist and Blizzard. Uh, so I'm going to read a little expert of this. Politico is reporting that, according to three people with knowledge of the matter, the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, is likely to file an antitrust lawsuit to block Microsoft's $69 billion takeover of video game giant Activision Blizzard. The FTC, emboldened by their recent success in stopping the merger of book publishers, Penguin Random House, and Simon & Schuster, have made no official announcement yet, and the political report says a lawsuit challenging the deal is not guaranteed. Steps are, however, being made to prepare one, with much of the heavy lifting having been already done, like receiving death positions from the bosses of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, and Activision Blizzard Bobby Kotick. 
because of this, it said that if the agency does move ahead of its case, it will come as soon as next month. So this is pretty much saying that we've heard of at least two regulatory boards in their statements. We heard from the Brazilian one, which is where we got a lot of the vaccines like fighting in the streets of Microsoft v. Sony in this manner. We heard from the UK regulators. This is now, I guess, the American regulators who I expected to take a strong stance from the very beginning, now taking a stance now in regards to how they feel about this. Yeah. I guess it's just wait and see, see what happens, kind of thing. Like, I will say, playing Call of Duty, and, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't, still haven't linked up with Sean to play DMZ mode, so I haven't played Warzone 2, but, I mean, mine, you know, besides all the bugs and stuff that happens, that's just a, a common thing now, unfortunately. Overall, the game seems really really good, really strong, really polished. Again, minus the Warzone bugs or whatever. I didn't really have any bugs playing the single player, all that stuff. Yeah. So it kind of feels like, okay, as long as Activision can get their um, their their higher-ups people in order and Bobby Kotick out, the game will be fine. They just need to figure out how to manage their use of studios when it comes to making this one game and maybe not having to pull in 58,000 studios across the universe just to build this one game. Uh, but yeah. I think that's just part of Call of Duty's DNA. I don't think you get Call of Duty without the machine they built around it, of the quality yeah, that you guys yeah. enjoy. Of course, yeah. Especially with it being so big now. It's like, yeah, you have to have all these support studios in order to make it and have a quality. So yeah, you, have, yeah you either had those support studios or you just merge those support studios with the main studio and then it's just a massive blooded studio. Right. I mean, at least in terms of like, I think the last time I provided feedback was when there was a huge drop related to the CMA back in September. Um, and back then I was about 70, 30, I think, in terms of probabilities still going through. But now I'm like 55, 45. But when you go down into why the FTC would bring up a lawsuit is if they're able to prove that illegality has occurred, that this is an illegal action. And there's actual laws being broken in terms of antitrust issues. And when it comes to monopolization of a commodity or product, you need to prove that there's no other substitute associated with it. And they're taking deposition from both parties. Like Sony is going to be of the camp that the deal does not go through. And Sony has clear monetary reasons for that. But at the same time, at least with some of the language that they've used in terms of Microsoft, you know, in terms of goal setting in this deal in relation to Sony and its business. For them, the deal, they just do not want it to go through. They want Call of Duty to remain an independent thing. They don't care about King, not so much so Blizzard. Um, But at the very least, they want to have some type of consent decree, which can occur by a product of negotiations with FTC, CMA, or the European Commission, of a certain amount of time that Call of Duty has to be released no matter what condition it comes out on, at parity, so on and so forth, legally binding. I don't think we're ever going to get a consent degree, and we'll all talk about that later as we go through other stories. Okay, so that was uh, the first level of a bunch of stories that came out. Uh, to Jordan's point, the next story is from Kotaku.com. This is Sony dumps on EA from a great height in latest court docs. Uh, this is from John Walker. Uh, this is just them saying, to Jordan's point, about how there's no competition for Call of Duty, yada, yada. This is Sony saying that EA has tried with Battlefield for years and has failed on all accounts. And they are the only studio equipped to make a game, a publisher, to make a game at the level of Call of Duty. And they have failed repeatedly, regardless of the quality of those games. I will say Battlefield 1 is a fucking fantastic game. Battlefield 3, 4, and 1, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why they left out Apex Legends. Because it's... Uh, Apex is in... That's is not it, an arena shooter. It's not a direct competition to Call of Duty proper. Because yeah, people are paying money for Call of Duty proper. They're not, they can spend money on Warzone, but they're not buying Warzone. They're buying the next Call of Duty. Right. Yeah. Most people want a simple arena shooter. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be the burden on the FTC to, like, if they do bring a lawsuit, based on what I'm seeing and reading, you know, from law professionals that are looking at the deal, like, in terms of, illegal, like, the illegalness of this, like, the, the burden of them to create a narrative that for the next 10, 15, or 20 years, that there will never be a game made at parity at Call of Duty or being successful for when Call of Duty comes out, like then, then you're getting into crystal ball territory. And when you get into crystal ball territory, that is when it becomes more difficult to have that reasoning be um, a barrier for the purchase to go through. 
And that's what Sony yeah. continues to reiterate. But there's, I mean, Google to a lesser extent has joined Sony for their own personal reasons, but their reasoning is not related to the first person shooter space. It's mainly just been Sony has that's been providing testimony. I'm mean, blocking mm-hmm. this deal, and you know it. It hasn't been as strong as you would want it to be to absolutely block the deal. That's why I think consent decree could be a second option or another. Okay, well, yeah. So uh, I'm just gonna skip to our ne- the next story out of order just to because you brought up the consent decree again. Uh, okay, so our next story is from VGC. This is from Tom Ivan. Microsoft said it offers Sony a 10-year deal to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony has actually made no comment on this. This is once again Microsoft saying this is a corporate backroom deal that we're doing, that we're bringing out to foster their own deal. And why I don't think Sony will ever take a consent deal until all of this is settled is that if Sony takes a consent deal, this is Sony saying we're okay with this deal in its entirety, which is what Sony doesn't want. Hey, Avery, I mean, like in terms of language, um, the, the, the consent decree would be made by the FTC at the ending of all deliberation. Any type of like, like what, Xbox was offering wasn't necessarily a consent decree. It's just a deal outside of anything legally bounding, just between two corporations. A consent decree w- w- is, is a product after a federal entity, be it the FTC, CMA, or European Commission, comes and legally enforces it as a third-party government entity that all parties would have to agree to. So, like, it, it would be illegal for Xbox to dip out of it, essentially. I mean, Sony can countersue if they were to dip out of this 10-year deal, but that is a way for Microsoft to articulate parameters of what they would want like, it to go with in terms of a federally binding agreement. Mm. Yeah. Like my my, my yeah. city's in a consent decree. It sucks. Yeah, but- yeah, no. <laughs> I, yeah I, I very much get what you're saying. It's, yeah, But it's, it's one of those things where, like, this is once again Microsoft saying openly, we keep giving Sony deals to keep Call of Duty mm-hmm. on okay. PlayStation. And Sony is either saying nothing, or A, Sony's saying nothing publicly, which is probably the best business decision, and B, it's in Sony's best interest for this deal to go sour to yeah. say nothing. Because any acknowledgement right. of, hey, this is a deal that we'll take, is saying that, oh, we as Sony as a corporation are fine with this deal going through in its entirety. One, one second. Let's go back to like the first week of January, and Jim Ryan was like kissing his daughter or his children and having dinner. And just living his life, being happy, <laughs> fucking text message that Microsoft was buying. This has been his entire year. This yeah, it's been it really I, respect <laughs> I respect them. This has been a shit year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it isn't it. Uh, I mean, oh, got, got God of War yeah. and like, yeah, you know, yeah. Sony has had a tremendous amount of success, but yeah. this, a lot of his career is right, is like, this is a lot of it. I feel yeah. more bad for Phil Spencer in that <laughs> Phil has been beating the same drum about Game Pass and Xbox single party yeah. and making all these big business decisions and we're in year five of Xbox games are coming. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Winter is coming. Yeah, both sides. Yeah, our next story, part of this uh, long proceeding is this is another great story from Tom Ivan. This is a weird champ story, but I get the reasoning. It's just one of those I really wish none of this was a transparent thing that we ever heard anyone talk about. Anyway, this is Sony claims Xbox Activision deal could hurt developers and lead to price rises. This is part of another story, which by Andy Robinson is Sony claims Microsoft's true strategy is to make PlayStation like Nintendo. Second place. Yeah, these, these, are, these are two statements made by Sony in their, I guess, opposition of the deal that I get where they're coming from, but this is a, you're saying the quiet part loud in this matter, and I don't it. it but I'm like, when, when if a regulator reads that, it's like, oh, so Sony just would be second place. Like what? Like if Sony were to say, oh, they're trying to make us like Xbox, you know, like fuck Xbox, third place, then sure. But like, yeah, <laughs> Nintendo's, Nintendo's second place in market share right now in the video game space. So yes. what? What exactly do they mean by that? Yeah. You. <laughs> this is about the the market and not not just about one competitor. They're stringing words together to try to do what they can to stop the deal like all this it's 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 such a clusterfuck in terms of all right we got to figure out something to say to like reinforce the idea that we can't have this deal go through and it and you start getting to more like weird language like this it's just like okay but nintendo's also successful essentially in a lot of ways, I mean, they, may, they may mean something different to them than what it means to us. As yeah, well. I know. What, yeah, what they, what there's, what they say. I just, I just want real quick. I just want to say, like, in a lot of ways, PlayStation Three 
like mm-hmm. that genre or that era was very much like PlayStation being Nintendo because a lot of third party games went to Xbox, Xbox 360. So it was a lot of exclusive games that people went to that system for. And like PlayStation still sold well. I, I'm again, like I'm a person who played Call of Duty. This deal would probably be bad for me. I don't know if that 10 year deal thing is like fine. It's like, ah, I think he'd be fine. Yeah, the, the yeah, question is yeah. left is the tranquil deal is whether that 10 year deal would make you go to Xbox because that is the right. future that Microsoft yeah. wants. Exactly, exactly. Microsoft can't hide that. But yeah, to Jordan's point, anyone who reads that is going to say, oh, you mean second place. But what PlayStation is trying to explain, and I think they even explain it further on in their thing, is that this is where I think there's truth in what they're saying. I just think it's a weird statement to make out loud is that Microsoft is going out of their way to buy big publishers. And this is the second big publisher they would have bought. And they've talked about openly, they plan to keep doing this. So what they're essentially doing is choking out third-party games from coming to PlayStation. Right. Which would put PlayStation in an era where they're like Nintendo, where you don't buy a Switch to play yeah. Call of Duty. You play a Switch, you buy a Switch to play Minecraft. Like, no, not Minecraft. I'm well, sorry. You, you, play Mario, Mario. Mario. Nintendo yes. probably. Yeah, like you, yeah. You, buy, you buy a PlayStation to buy God of Wars. And- yeah. And and that 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 was a tremendous amount of PlayStation success uh, in the eighth generation of PS4 and Xbox One, to which they a tremendous amount of investment in third party market. It made sense to get a third party game via PlayStation for many reasons. Not PlayStation had a better GPU, it was cheaper. They secured a lot of the contracts with third parties. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, third, third party support there. as well as great first party shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. that that awesome. Yeah. But it's one of those statements I think is dumb. And the other statement is, once again, a true statement that Xbox, if they control 90% of the gaming audiences, they would have full control of price and everything. But it's ignoring the things that Sony has done, such as raise the the price of their games. That being said, I had to do some research on this and just to make sure I wasn't trolling. Sony isn't the person responsible for setting the price at 70. It was a collective effort from pretty much every publisher to say that 70 and I think Microsoft didn't do it because all of their games are built to run on all of their platforms. So it's they're only Psychonauts though. Psychonauts is $70. So basically uh Sony took the heat for it. Yeah. All of Microsoft there's only one type of Microsoft game is be and it's version changes between the console you buy. So they can't change the price to all their first party games to $70 because it would undercut the people still owning Xbox Ones. And I think Microsoft has been clear in actual recent times that at a certain point, pricing of all their content will have to change accordingly as things grow. So I get that. It's just, once again, Sony, weird champ statement to say. (laughs) It's 100% true, but like it's one of those things like you don't need to say. Okay, now we're in the sort of like Xbox era of, we've heard a lot of things about Sony has said. Let's hear what Microsoft is saying about this and why I mauled it on Twitter the other day. Okay, first one is from Zach Swithin. Microsoft admits PlayStation exclusives are better quality. Once again, you said the quiet thing out loud. I don't. I mean, well, like, because, like, you know, like, I mean, Force is the only thing they got, and Halo over time got worse. It hasn't been years, years. God knows how, when. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not there currently. Yeah. yeah. Once again, this is me being subjective. I agree with this statement 100%. Objectively, I someone who was for a long time was trying to defend Microsoft games quality is one of those things where like if I worked at Microsoft and like people above me were like, Yeah, the games we make are worse than winning the PlayStation, I don't think that's a good statement to be out there. But, I, it, it, but don't, I'm pretty sure it had to be confirmed by Seth Nadali before anyone started spewing that out. It's yeah. it's all chips. but it's part of Microsoft's strategy, which I think mm-hmm. is entirely bullshit and why I'm they're being disingenuous. Yeah, well, yes. Okay, so the second story is Microsoft explains why Elder Scrolls 7. Or six, yes, will be exclusive and Call of Duty won't. This is from Sissy Jing. So Microsoft has repeatedly said this talking point of they're going to treat Call of Duty like Minecraft. That has been a talking point that everyone has just rolled with. I've always had a uh, eyebrow up question mark on this because the only reason the Minecraft deal works the way it works is because Minecraft was on every console before the deal made through. So Xbox decided to just not cut and run when they made the deal. And Mojang as a company has only released two small games, multi-platform. Yeah. Minecraft and Minecraft Legends, I think. Yeah, Minecraft Legends and like there's another Minecraft thing. Like there's just two small games which there's, there's another one coming out. There's another one like like that same style of Minecraft. Yeah, like I said. Yeah, like I said. That, yeah. So like 
I can I can see the business and marketing person saying, if we just release this on Xbox, this game will fail and like it'll be not worth the doing, especially when all these games are multi-platform. So let's use that and go forward. So they've kept using this rhetoric about Minecraft and Xbox and Call of Duty. And then someone pointed out, why is games like Starfield and next Elder Scroll going to be exclusive if your game plan with Call of Duty and uh, Activision is to not touch those exclusivity situations and you're saying, oh, we're not going to ever do X, Y, and Z. And so they gave out a chart that's a uh, stylized representation yeah, value of exclusivity <laughs> and size of a game. And it's like a niche game like Psychonauts 2 and Fallout 76 has a small community. It will go everywhere. Mid-sized games like Starfield and Redfall are new IP with uncertain audience who are going to keep them on Xbox. Often single player. Yeah. Mass audience games, Call of Duty Minecraft, we're going to go everywhere. My problem with this graph is he calls Starfield and then later in a other thing, Elder Scrolls, they put them firmly in the middle, which is why mm-hmm. they're going to be exclusive, which is one of the most bullshit things I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm just befuddled at uh, the studio size. Did you know Mojang has 600 employees? Bethesda has 420? Is that just... But that's the game studios in oh, Rockville. Studios? Okay. It's a huge building, so I can see how it has 400. I don't know. I'm befuddled but... that Mojang has 600. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. My, I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, it's, well, it's not all devs. It's like you have support staff and stuff, and you have like HR, and then you have like cafeteria people. So, you, like, all that stuff kind of goes into that number. Well, so, I mean, at, at least going to the chart, like, for them, it's like, all right, if it's a single player game, Xbox has been trying. I mean, like, like, even though they've been quote unquote trying, they still have like even before the Bethesda purchase, they had a yeah. solid number of developers to work off of, including Ninja Theory, which is still working on um, Hellblade Two, and you know all, all these other developers and Fable and all that. They're like, all right, we're going to build up our single player inventory because it's not there, it's non-existent, and we bought Bethesda, which you know usually specializes in single player games. They tried multiplayer with Doom, didn't do so well. There's none in Wolfenstein's, and there's an expectation for the Bethesda games going forward to be. Uh, within the Game Pass ecosystem. Like, that's what they're trying to articulate. Oh, access, all this other shit. Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass. Yeah. But, I mean, the ma- I, I mean, like, like there's... In terms of getting the most out of Minecraft and Call of Duty, you would have to have those games on as many consoles as possible. Yeah. I totally agree with this graph in terms of Bethesda being... how Why, why their logic is putting Bethesda exclusive and Minecraft and, and Call of Duty not exclusive because like skyrim skyrim sold a lot but like skyrim mm-hmm. was also like a tentpole game in uh, that like good no that, that's my issue like i said for everything here that makes sense the psychonauts and fallout 76 thing that doesn't make any sense for me because it falls into the minecraft thing where you bought these two studios after they had already made these games with their announcements on other consoles mm-hmm. so it's like it's not unless I'm not exactly sure of the business standpoint. If you could like, oh, we've made deals that this game is going to be on X, but the new publisher says, no, we're going to just cut those deals out. I'm not sure how that works. So I don't think they could do that. But yeah. in regards to, I get Redfall makes sense as a new IP, uncertain audience. Both Starfield and Elder Scrolls do not make sense because Starfield is being sold on the back of Elder Scrolls and Fallout and all of those other yeah. games. They're just as big as Call of Duty and Minecraft, in my opinion. In regards to IP, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think in America, Starfield is big, but I don't think worldwide Starfield is big. I, I, I think Call of Duty is big worldwide. I think Minecraft is big worldwide. I, I think, yeah, I, I, I just, there's, this is not related to, to, to DJ's point. Like I'm half with DJ's point, but we're just dealing with a lot of precedent here. Like there's some moments in the long Iliad of gaming history to which games that were multi-platform became one platform and one of those games i mean i mean i know spider-man is kind of unique you know because sony put a lot of money into that ip both theatrically and video game space but there was that weird time in video game history where the spider-mans were available on the xbox and nintendo and you know all these other consoles and it's like like that that, that's what really i mean like us as gamers like we kind of know like there's nuances to that but the regulators are very like black and white it's like, yeah. oh, so there's been times to which games or IPs that were, in fact, multiple platform stop being multiple platform, then we can't take this to court because there's there's evidence. I 
don't agree with the Spider-Man point. I think it's from an IP standpoint, it's at least very clear to me that the reason that Spider-Man is exclusive on PlayStation is because the IP and the game is being made by PlayStation. If, yeah. if, if Xbox wanted to make their own Spider-Man game, all they would have to... I don't, I don't think Sony owns the Spider-Man rights IP and they're the only ones who can make Spider-Man games. I think fundamentally, if Xbox wanted to make a Spider-Man game, they would just have to go to Disney and convince Disney, hey, this is what we can do with a Spider-Man game that's not like what PlayStation is doing. If that makes sense. Sony, yeah. what, what... I'll look it up. Go ahead. Because I think Sony owns the movie rights. Sony yeah. just owns the movie rights. Yeah. The video game rights are firmly in the hands of Disney and Disney can do whatever they want in fact right now we're in an era where ea had the exclusive rights to star wars games they no longer have that but ea right. is still yeah. making star wars games i see your point it's a very interesting point about all of this i fundamentally don't agree with the way microsoft is firming their mid-side stuff and i think in their conversations about exclusivity and inclusivity it muddles their message of what they mean what they're planning to do with the call of duty and the entire uh Activision Blizzard branding afterwards. If they if they show me this graph and all of that, but yeah, also- I, I I I totally rebuke any um for, for like in terms of like me rebuking Microsoft and if they were to say that there's going to be at parity in terms of not not, not like performance but like they're going to make a case for you to play it on the Xbox ecosystem like they're like they're going to do that in some form or fashion like if they, if Microsoft is yeah of course going, like to. there was a hunky dory by saying like oh yeah no it's the same and you can buy on a PlayStation like motherfucker please like this is be Phil Spencer motherfucker please you're going <laughs> to you're going to have some crazy like if you have if you're a game pass person you get battle pass for free and shit like that like come on dog yeah which, right I, which is probably going to happen with Overwatch which i think is going to be the most cringe thing in the world but yeah it's one of those things where this all ties into Microsoft's big talking point when it comes to why this deal should go through is that we, Microsoft, we are the underdog in this entire conversation. So let us do this because we can't compete without it, which I'd say is the most fundamental bullshit I've heard throughout these entire arguments. Sony has been talking out of their ass and saying a lot of dumb stuff, but Microsoft continually saying, we bet $70 billion on something that's not that good is the most insane talking point I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm just envisioning like a little snake on a beach that's like withered and sick, but like under the <laughs> waters, it's has like this giant fucking Leviathan with thousand teeth. <laughs> laser eyes. It's just its tongue that's it's, on the it's just, no, it's, no, it's really sick. We promise. And we're forgetting <laughs> a story we did before where uh, Marvel pulled the rights from Activision and offered it to Microsoft, but it turned it down. We did a story did. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, these two titans of industry are fighting openly in the streets and both... <laughs> Butt naked. Both cutting themselves and saying <laughs> the other guy did it. Uh, and I'm super tired of this story. I'm just going to reiterate my same talking point. I don't think this deal should go through. I don't think Microsoft is an entertainment entity as a bit corporation beyond games to just be buying other major publishers, especially major publishers that are in the top five other publishers. I mean, that's a insane thing that we're just letting it happen. Like the Bethesda thing. Okay. I get it. They have a monopoly on uh, single player Western RPGs. Now at this point, I get the logic of it, but then to go on the next day and to buy Activision for like, three to four times what you spent on Bethesda is an insane truth. I cannot believe we're still, we're still, uh, litigating, humoring. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, like personal biases aside, like this would be a pretty extreme precedent in the video game space, but also multimedia space. It's like, you know, if, if, if 70 billion becomes a baseline, then yes, like corporate consolidation. I've, I've read a lot of dystopian novels I know there's like there's always gonna be like this big three corporate overlords and yeah no we it might feel good today but in a long enough timeline it can come back to bite you no it will because it's one of those things where if once again Microsoft has said we have no plans of stopping all of this because ultimately all they're doing is just to bolster Game Pass and make Game Pass a better and more unequivocally impossible to ignore product and they will continue to go out and buy others not studios publishers. What's frustrating to me is someone who, for a while now on this podcast, was the Microsoft defender when they weren't putting out yeah. anything, and then everyone else is like, "Who gives a shit about Microsoft?" I'm like, they're not they're trying to buy the talent; they're just trying to buy the rights. 
Yes, you spent so much. You have game packs before you bought Bethesda. You had more studios than Sony, and you had quality studios. You were building up. I really wanted to see what was going to be the fruit of their labor to compete with Sony's first party. And the response was, "We're just going to use our leverage us as a byproduct of Microsoft the corporation and that money to just buy more power into this space, which I don't necessarily agree with." I mean, yeah, the thing is, I've never thought about that. That Sony is buying talent. And everything that Microsoft has done, like look at Rare, they've no, done nothing uh, with them. I don't, I no, don't no, agree that so he's buying talent. Fine. I mean, see if he's is making his money back. As a gas, as in terms of the the world of games and services, it is one of the better ones. Okay, but before Sea of Thieves, what the fuck was Rare doing? Fucking mere twenty five year anniversary, boy. You it made Pinata. What the fuck was the name of the game? Even <laughs> Pinata. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring it back. But I, I, I look at it as the whole thing of of Microsoft with their uh, exclusive lineup that's supposed to come, but it hasn't come yet. Like it's still happening, and I think the reason why we haven't seen it is because they understand that they have to have it to a certain level of quality, and it's just not there yet. So they still have to pump it money to make sure that stuff comes. Like. The smart thing about PlayStation is that they recognize that they had to support the studios that they value important and, you know, slowly build up those people in the studios and so on and so Mm. forth. It's just that Microsoft didn't get that same message at that time. So now they're starting to do that. But it's just you can obviously see the level of quality back at the ps4 like like going into that generation like we didn't have the god of war until 2018 we didn't have horizon zero dawn like it it took a a, a little bit of time Mm, yeah for it to be like and trust though and trust yeah because god of war 2018 and horizon are both two games like you know kratos like kratos before god of war 2018 was a very different person like horizon (laughs) was from the studio new ip kill zone yeah exactly so and yeah, goes to I, Shima. It, it goes, yeah, yeah, it's another one too. Like, you know, eventually, I believe we will see games of quality think, come out from Xbox. Okay. It's just okay. next year or the year after. Mike, okay, before we need to move on, uh, but I yeah. just want to say one more thing because to, to your point about Microsoft time and talking about how the PlayStation 4 took time, like I said, they started this journey like three to four years ago. The time that we're talking about is like it took PlayStation a year to start launching everything in mm. this manner. So it's like, it's one of those well, things. Well, PlayStation, PlayStation came out in 2014 and it wasn't like, uh, like maybe two or three years after launch that we really started getting like the heated. Uh, I disagree. Well, go ahead. I, I disagree. Like, wait, well, wait, well, wait. It came out in 2016. Uh, let me look it up. Like after 2014, like the, the stable of PS4 generation was like 2015 and onward. Like maybe there was an Uncharted 4 that came out. Yeah, like the studios that I'm talking about are like Sony Santa Monica, Naughty Dog, Sucker Punch. Like those are the three studios in my mind that I think of like okay, going well, from. To that point, I say Infamous Second Son is a banger. That when game, did Bloodborne it, come out? Bloodborne literally came out the next year. And that is yeah. Bloodborne. Bloodborne wasn't a Sony exclusive. I mean, it was exclusive yeah, it was. in terms of Sony putting money in, but that's from software. From yeah, software isn't owned by. Sony. Okay, so I'm like I'm just looking at the list. Okay, uh, we've got Infamous Second Son like six months after the PlayStation 4 launch. I think that game is a banger. I think the game is good. Uh, you got Bloodborne, and I, I get what you're Blood saying. Bloodborne is owned by Sony, ain't it? Like the IP. Yeah, Sony the owns IP. the IP. Sony owns the IP. Uh, Uncharted Thief's End then came out in 2016. That was the next Uncharted. Uh, yeah. Then from there, we got Horizon Zero Dawn a year after that. So it's like I'm just looking for that cadence from Microsoft. Right. It's year two yeah. right now after the Xbox. So Yeah. But yeah. Well, a, a dry ass year too, to be honest. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think all I think all I'm saying is that it's very possible that we will get games of quality from Xbox. It's just taking them longer to do that. They're, late, they're because, a late bloomer. Yeah, it could be just because they don't have the same talent that PlayStation has, and that's probably true because PlayStation, mm-hmm. you know, they, they use their money differently than Microsoft. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just I just think that it, it could happen. You know? no, it, it's going to happen. It, it To Jordan's point, it's just going to take time. I'm just saying that they've had a lot of time 
And I don't understand how even your studios you had before you decided to make this switch aren't making those high quality games. And like I, my last statement is to Sean's point about PlayStation recruiting talent. I've always thought it was weird. And we, uh, we sort of argued about this back in the day that the way Microsoft made studio purchases was what is this studio doing currently that fills a gap in our, mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. our in our breach? Well, PlayStation is yeah. very much like, hey, studio, we've been working with you for a couple of years. We already have a strong relationship. Let's just put a ring on it and so we can bring that talent <laughs> in the house. So you, so you get puzzling decisions. Like I remember when Microsoft bought Double Fine, I was like, huh, which is less of a, no, when they bought the Hellblade studio. That's yeah. even the better one. When they bought uh, oh, that studio, I was like, Near Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory. When they bought Ninja yeah. Theory, I was like, huh, Ninja Theory's last game was a PlayStation exclusive for a long period of time. I wonder how okay. this deal went through. But and, to, 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 your, to your point, Playground Games is fitting that, that yeah, mold. Yeah, Playground Games pretty much, yeah, yeah, to that point. Playground Games definitely fits that mold. Okay. As I knew, what would happen when I brought this topic to the statement, to the, to, to the task, <laughs> this would be a long <laughs> conversation. Next time on Avery versus Xbox versus Sony versus the FTC. I, I, I hate this story so much. <laughs> I want to go back to the games when there were like 10 publishers and everyone just made games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, listener. How you doing? It's me again. You know, the guy that used Anton and used Stomp because it's super effective. <laughs> on the Pokemon. Hey, uh, if you are enjoying our conversations and you want to do us a solid, you can by liking this video. Again, that's if you're watching on YouTube. You can like this video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell. If you are listening to our great voices, you can do us a favor and review the podcast. Leave us a good five-star, four-star, six-star review, and we greatly appreciate it. We might even read it on the podcast. Uh, if you want to join our conversation, you can by joining our Discord at pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. It's there. Go. Check it out. All right. Now that we're done with that, now you know where to go to support us, to find us. Back to the podcast. Avery, what's happening? I, I'm going to try and... Um, uh, keyword is try to be succinct about this, but you know what's going to happen. Our next story is from George Yang. This is from IGN. Sony investing further in Chinese development program that found games like Genshin Impact. So we yes, talked earlier about the studio. We talked about uh, Microsoft being in another weird way of the way their ecosystem works, having missed out on an opportunity for a game like Genshin. It's been like, no, we need Chinese games. And Sony's had the Hero Project for a while. And the Hero mm-hmm. Project has produced games like Genshin, is why that game has a strong place as an influence. And yeah. they pretty much talked about how they're going to further invest in that ecosystem to build more games. And they've talked about two actually going to be, as far as I can tell, exclusive like game from this to both through their catalog called uh, Lost Soul Aside and Convalaria, which looks a lot like Final Fantasy VIII. But at the end of the day, they're just two big action RPG games from China. Yep. I mean, I I totally can see why this is so important. Like, Genshin Impact is a... It's a juggernaut. I feel like it's a juggernaut everywhere except for America. But then I also look at it as it's a juggernaut everywhere except for the U.S. games industry uh, people. Because it's just like, yeah. Where it's yeah. just like they have to play the new games over and over, so they can't really spend times on you know yeah. games of service games. But T- type in Genshin Impact into Twitter and see how many weeds show up who that's their entire personality. Boy, boy, their channel has like six point six point zero seven million subscribers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah six point. Yeah, like it's it's insane. Like Genshin Impact is insane, and like you know, uh, I guess. You'll probably see this on the uh, Games Awards predictions podcast that will come out before this if everything works right with my time. But I mentioned on there how I think it's like uh, the category was best ongoing game or whatever. And I, I, yeah. I said it's Genshin Impact hands down. Like Genshin does so much in their like events that they do very regularly. Like right now there's an event where I don't know the type of game it's called, but like I think it's a MOBA where you have little people and you like command the people to do stuff while attacking like enemies and stuff. Yeah, it's like RTS kind of thing. Yeah. Tower so defense? Like, Probably tower defense. It's not tower defense because I don't know. It's basically a mode where you command little fun guy to attack monsters and so on and so forth. 
And it's like, who? Someone, someone in the studio was like, hey, this would be a fun thing to do. And they made it into a game. Like, they're going to, I think, next year, early next year, they're going to have a card game that you can play in Genshin Impact. And it's like, the way that this game is blossoming is, yeah, it is just so crazy to see all the things they come up with and like little games you can play in the game. So I totally get why PlayStation's like, hey, look, we need another Genshin Impact because that is a huge moneymaker and it, it definitely is. So I see it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, and Xbox it, needs something like this too. It also shows that PlayStation hasn't, a, like, the prevailing theory is the PlayStation has abandoned JRPGs and the reality is they're just putting more stock into action RPGs. Yeah. And because they want these games to appeal to a the highest audience. And unfortunately, you put a turn-based game in their face and it's not fucking Persona, you're not going to find the audience, like the mass, like, we sell Nintendo true. numbers audience for these games. So yeah. yeah. To, to, to your point, DJ, um, Microsoft is also, well, we talked about last, sorry, a couple weeks ago, that Microsoft was also looking in China. Like China's a new battleground of these games. And yeah. trying, both companies trying to get developers over there to uh, help with localization. But that gets that gets so weird just because of how China treats their games and like game uh, development I'm, and so on and so forth. Geopolitically, it's like, oh, China's bro. a wild card for the next four years, yeah. y'all. Keep your yeah. eyes on that. <laughs> hey, saying I'm, yeah. try, I'm trying to get to Japan within the next two years for obviously. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, uh, since we're on the topic of uh, Chinese, I'm not sure if this Chinese or Korean, but I think this is Chinese. But um, Honor of Kings World. That's like one of the newer games that they just show gameplay and it looks it looks Honor like King, I believe the Chinese MOBA and the game we're talking yes. about is a spin-off of that. Yes, mm. yes. Yeah. So yeah, so it's Honor King's world is the spin-off like action adventure like has the same kind of build structure as Genshin Impact, but the graphics are more uh 3D realism kind of thing and there's different weapon structure in that game. Yeah, it looks really cool. Like if there is a console release for that, I will definitely try it and see what it's like in comparison to Genshin Impact. But yeah, that's where I'm at. It will be on phones. Uh, okay, so our final two <laughs> stories are going to be. I'm trying to keep these quick. Uh, this one is from Gamesbeat. This is from uh, Aaron Kelly. PlayStation is cracking down on shovelware. Uh, so if you didn't hear, the trophy hunters in the world have been crying out in anger <laughs> as PlayStation has finally heeded the calls of people with actual brains and decided, let's not let people put games on our platform that exists only to get a platinum trophy. Now, why mm-hmm. say that? This doesn't mean those games are going to disappear. It just means you can't take, say, a Mario 64 game, take mm-hmm. every individual star rip that out of the game and release that as an individual game with a platinum trophy. That would take like two minutes to get. That's what they've been doing. What this means is those type of games will disappear. You'll still have a lot of easy platinum games though. They'll just, you won't be able to abuse the system because PlayStation has pretty much said, hey, if you abuse our system like this, we are going to punish you up to just preventing you from publishing games on our platform in the future going forward. Mm. I mean... Yeah, I I get it. That makes sense. <laughs> like, I don't see any problem with this other than uh, Greg Miller being upset. The only uh, devil's advocate thing I recognize to this is that this is less of an altruistic, we want to clean up mm-hmm. our platform thing in a, we just created a, uh, a loyalty program that awards people for getting trophies. So maybe we don't have games that just abuse our system and just devalue that loyalty program. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like if they didn't have their loyalty program, they would have never done anything like this. Without shovelware on Xbox, we wouldn't get God of Destruction. Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> no, we wouldn't get we wouldn't get N slash B A two J twenty three. Has the exact same image as NBA two K twenty three. I saw somebody getting death threats over that. <laughs> straight up, that straight is, up. That is like, Xbox was allowing for legit crimes. <laughs> all these, all these, all these platforms just need to clean up their shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, absolutely. I cannot believe we've allowed all these platforms to just become worse Steam. Wild, wild west. Because, like, at least on Steam you can buy porn, but here you can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That, that comes to a point now that we become a more digital space. This might be another conversation for later, but yeah, that's like one of the vulnerabilities. Like, you're not having a, an accredited vendor like a GameStop. 
or yeah. a Walmart to give us our games in the digital space. Yeah, it is. There's no regulation here. Yeah. You can do whatever the fuck they want these days. If you're the platform holder, all you want is people spending money so you don't give a shit about what they're spending on. Exactly. Yeah. And our final story, this is from Ryan Denzel, this is from IGN. Team Ninja responds to Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden Reboot reports. This is just the Team Ninja people talking about, hey, yeah, <laughs> this thing that happened. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing, right? Um, I hear Dead or Alive, and I'm like, all right, okay, you, you guys wasting your time. You don't bring back Dead or Alive. You really don't. What you do is you bring back their live beach volleyball because <laughs> that will get better alive, the attention. Extreme, DJ. Not that I know Everybody. the name of it or anything. Oh, man. Isn't it extreme beach volleyball? Yes. What? Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. See, this is this is the game that all the weaves are going to want and they're going to buy and they're going to play. Especially I, I, This sucks that Marcus isn't here. I have a funny story of all of us chilling in my room, hanging out. And this is when I had like three TVs in my room. Like I had one over there where i'm pointing and like i had my main tv here and whatever and so we were playing games here and then our friend had a modded xbox and so we were all playing games but mm-hmm. like we're all playing a multiplayer game on this tv but like yeah. the entire night marcus was just in that corner playing <laughs> Dead or live extreme beach volleyball no it's a really good volleyball game it, it is hey here's the thing as a person who owned their live three extreme beach volleyball it is a very good volleyball game i also learned all the words to um uh, no doubt because you could put cds into the game and it'll play music it's a good time it's a good time yeah yeah you got all the boob physics and and the fact that the 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 girls aren't wearing much Oh, trust me, that Skip is that. The, the version you showed is the tamest version of that franchise yeah. because they yeah. understood what yeah. their demographic was. Yeah, and they, the male gaze. This is not this is not a swimsuit, but <laughs> it covers the genitalia enough that we can call it a swimsuit and put it in this game. Our developers spent ten days trimming down as much fabric as possible to make sure this game was not a. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I'm a oh, Ninja geez. Gaiden fan. I really love the yeah. first Ninja Gaiden. It's one like it, in in a Avery Williams loves Devil May Cry games. That was the game where like okay, I wanted to just punch my teeth with like a fucking brick playing this game, but it's just so fun. Uh, so I'm excited for more of that to come back in le- <laughs> less, in less of, especially in a Souls era, which they kind of did with the Neo yeah. game. Especially in Souls era, yeah. and people wanting that difficulty. I'm happy for Ninja Gaiden to be back. That makes a lot of sense now. I generally like the Dead or Alive fighting games. Like I was a big fan of the uh, Dead or Alive 3. I just want them to try and compete with the Tekkens and the Street Fighters of the world and not try and make a free-to-play mobile S game that they just try to sell people as a game of the service is what happened to yeah. Dead or Alive. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoy my time with Dead or Alive. I think I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you, Avery. Like They need to make this a legitimate fighter and not try that free-to-play stuff. I mean... Even if they do the free to play thing, I think no, no, no. Make this a seventy dollar like premium AAA fighter, and and take that route. Like the Dead or Alive games are the best looking games uh, because of the, uh, their adherence to fan service. They are the best looking yeah. fighting games. Period. And I just want to see that level of fidelity in an actual competent fighting game that I don't have to spend money on on a regular basis to actually enjoy. Yeah, I mean, like really and truly. I want to say they were probably the first to do like really destructible stages where yeah. like it's uh, different yeah, tiers. Yeah, like it. you knock the person out of the wall, they explode off the wall and they roll down some stairs into another round. Like it was dope. Like it was a really, really cool fighter. But it is, it is one of those things where people like only the people who played it really respected for the fighting, but everyone else saw it for the booby physics. And it's just like, all right, there's there a bit more There's to some that of us in the just, middle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it got to a point where they were taking the female leads from other fighting games that no one played and just putting them in Dead or Alive. Yeah. Just because they could exploit the look at these characters, how they look in our engine. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that has been it for the gaming news. Now, let us jump into. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What we have been playing. Wait, hold up. Let me go blow my nose real quick, and then we'll, we'll do this. Give me, give me a second. This shit again. Yeah. <laughs> Sick ass bitch. <laughs> hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have great. 
Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. Now, let us talk about the games we have been playing. And we are starting with Avery. What have you been playing? Uh, I've had Immortality on my PC since that game came out. And I just not wanted to sit here at my PC and play that type of game. But we're now in the end of the year and we're in prime review season where everyone's talking about the games of the year. And I've heard nothing but great things about Immortality from a bunch of people that I respect and uh, look up to in terms of the gaming space. So I sat down and actually played Immortality. And uh, I'm not going to say anything about this game beyond if you want information about Immortality, just take the plunge and fucking play that game because it is... An insane experience. I think it's got the. It plays very much like the Sam Barlow game. So it's a bunch of FMV videos with you controlling an interface and uh, interacting with them. Uh, mm-hmm. The main crux of the game is that you're trying to figure out what happened to this specific actress who is the. Uh, the sort of lead actors in these series of movies and you're sort of investigating, looking at clips, behind the scenes stuff, and trying to just trying to figure out what's going on. And it, it is oh. a it is a batshit insane type of game in terms of when it get like like I said, I don't okay. want to talk It's made by the same person who did telling lies. I got yeah. you. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this is a very narrative focused game. The gameplay isn't like it's King is one of the reasons why I pushed it off. Like, I don't want to sit here in front of my computer for like five hours trying to put together fucking FMV videos to try to figure out what's going on. But when I sat down and did it, and I'm like, this story is fantastic. Uh, this main actress, Man Engage, is fucking fantastic. It is the best performance I've ever seen. Not Well, not best performance. It is the best performance I've seen this year in terms of like, she's not only playing other characters, she's playing herself, quote unquote, herself, while at the same time playing an actress. It is sort of an insane performance. Uh, all I will say is that the title of the game, Immortality, is not just a cool title that they wanted to put onto this game. So yeah, that's all I'll say. Hey, it's on Netflix Gaming. Yeah. So it's on your phone, so you can play it. I told y'all, Netflix, Netflix Gaming be having shit on there, man. Yeah, it, it, it released on Game Pass. Um, uh, game I don't Pass have PC. an Xbox. I don't have a garbage game. <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> I believe it's Game Pass PC. All right. Okay, so wait, so... Netflix on your phone. Can you cast it to your TV? Um, How does probably. that work? I fucking know. Okay, um, cool. Well, so okay, I, you I know might. what? You know what? I don't know if iPhones can do this, but Androids can cast their whole screen to the Mirror TV. Mirror mode, so. yes. I Apple actually, actually, Sean, Apple invented that. Thank you very much. It is. It is. <laughs> but however, I, I will play this, Avery. I will play this. Yeah, actually, um, I peeped uh, Immortality because a lot of people have talked about it. And like, I was interested in it, but I didn't want to look it up because I didn't want to spoil anything. And like, even when I showed the stuff, I try to show just a little bit of it and not too much. Um, the fact that it's on Netflix gaming is very interesting, and I'm going to experiment with that and see if I could get it because I could play it with Shereen on the big screen. That'd be great. Don't lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had this on my uh, my fantasy, but I decided to lose this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to beat you when you were down. But I looked at your list and I'm like, there's a man who's very They're broken. Yeah, there's a I man who <laughs> Immortality's on the Xbox Series S too. Do you I remember said. when Jordan was like, nah, I believe in my list? And we're like, Jordan, the, process. the game's not coming out this year. <laughs> Replace the game. He was like, nah. Jordan watched an Xbox presentation of them saying Redfall is not coming out in 2022 and said, you know what? I'm going to keep this game on my list. No, it was out. coming. It was slated for this year. The, 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 the black and the. But that's not coming out the list until the summer, all right? We will have this conversation in January. So all right. Yeah, that was hilarious. You can, you can lay it in on then, but we're talking about our games of last week. Jesus. <laughs> all right, Sean, what I'm you sure been playing? Be Gosh. Um. So, I played Warzone maybe like once or twice with a group. I played with my friend who uh, I am playing quite some time, but all he plays is fucking Call of Duty and Warzone. Did I talk about this last time? I don't remember. You Basically, last time. Okay. 
So, I mean, uh, uh, y'all have told me this is basically Escape from Tarkov, but on consoles. Yeah. And if that's what it is, you know, I, I, I like the game, but I don't have a gaming PC to play. And I think this will reach more people mm-hmm. than Escape from Tarkov will. Um, it's just another tab on the Warzone screen. And from what I've seen, it's pretty addicting to play. It's, it's, a, it's something new. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think I said this last time, I understand how the file size for this got so bloated because of just the amount of content that's in this map. The map is huge. Every building you can go inside. Um, it's not just guns and ammo and shields on the ground now. They got fucking wrenches and hard drives and VCRs uh, that you can use to sell for money to upgrade your guns. Apparently, DJ, your weapon progression is game wide globally so if you progress your game in the regular you know call of duty arena shooter mode versus mm-hmm. war zone versus dmz all your shit you know levels up yeah well i i saw i saw that was the same That's way cool. in the last call of duty like it probably was but i didn't play it enough to really care okay. <laughs> i never bought i never <laughs> i never bought a uh a season pass mm-hmm I just played Warzone sparingly with you guys, or when I was bored, you know, I might drop in solo, but... Yeah. DMZ is pretty damn cool. Uh, It is sufficiently difficult. Like, the AI is batshit crazy, which which is really confusing to me in some aspects. Sometimes I'll be riding... They have a train riding around the perimeter of the map. I'll be riding in a train and get shot out by, uh, you know, the AI as we're passing by, even though I'm hiding in the car and you can't see me. Their AI is ridiculously over aggressive. Wow, that's that's scary. <laughs> um, but no, it's 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 pretty damn fun. I, I yeah. recommend people check it out if you want something new from Call of Duty. Yeah, we still got to play this. I'm yeah. excited to play this, and we haven't played it yet, and I'm still excited to play this because it sounds like my type of game over Battle Royale, where mm-hmm. this is like you know, they have an actual objective. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like it's PvP yeah, missions PvE. to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the the co op experience that this is providing. So I'm definitely yeah. down to do that. You just got to set it up. DJ's telling more lies, listeners. <laughs> hey, that was a game that released last year. DJ was telling more lies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Oh, it's me. Well, I'm gonna tell you about the game I've been playing. Hey guys, Pokemon Violet. As people said, this game is a buggy mess. At this point in time, I have experienced exactly two crashes. And I can safely say this is the best Pokemon game I've played. Mm-hmm. This game is amazing. This legitimately is Breath of the Wild of Pokemon, minus all the bugs and performance issues. Like just the the quality of life improvement that they have made in this game is just like, oh, it is it is Chef Kiss. Like if if your Pokemon learns a move, you can. Or if the Pokemon is about to learn to move and you just happen to not learn the move, you just, you know, pressing buttons, you make a mistake or whatever, you can actually just go into the menus and look at the list of moves that the Pokemon knows at that level and just learn that move. Like, you don't have to go, you don't have to worry about, like, going to... Going to a person, the move forgetter, yeah, and all that good and shit. and doing all that stuff. And even if you don't know what move to... Um, remember, you can ask the Pokemon to recommend a move to forget, and the Pokemon will give you a move. <laughs> it's like, it's the funniest thing, because it's like, oh, Pikachu, wh- what should you learn for Iron Tail? Pikachu's like, I, I-, I want to forget Spark. And you're like, all right, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, the roaming around and finding the wild Pokemon, it is so much fun if it wasn't such a just a bug fest and it's not even a bug fest in terms of like mm-hmm. oh i can't do anything it's a bug fest in terms of it's hilarious like there's a new bird pokemon in this game and some of the pokemon out in the wild they will clump up into groups and like you'll have birds together in a group like kind of like picking out the ground and they will fly off so in my encounters of these birds they flew off but they got about 10 feet into the air and they stopped and i was like huh so I ran up to them and then just kind of dispersed from there. I was like, oh, that was just a bug. They were supposed to just do that, but they didn't do that. Or they were having like, a meeting and they said, <laughs> narc. Right. 
<laughs> oh man but like i am enjoying so much of this game to the point where the different bugs and issues that i'm running into one a lot of them has been sea level there's only been the two crashes that have really caused me to you know restart the game other than that the other bugs that i've had has not stopped me from enjoying this game has not stopped me from catching pokemon and playing this game i really enjoy the new storylines that they give you so instead of the normal um catching or instead of normal like eight gyms to the elite four kind of campaign you can do you could do that plus you can fight titan pokemons which are just supersized pokemon or you can do the third one which is i don't remember there is a third one that I, i whatever there's a third thing you can do there's a Titan Pokemon, there's the Elite, there's the gym in the Elite Four, and then there is the Team Rocket esque. Team Yes, Team yes, Star. Starfall. That yeah. yes. Yeah. So um I've I've started all of those. I've like two badges in. I've done one of the Titan Pokemon. I'm on to do a second Titan Pokemon, and I've done one of the Starfall thing. And right now, they're sort of like dropping little hints of like where the story is going. And it's really, really like drawing me in. So I'm having such a great time with this game. I can see why it's. I think Pokemon's going to be a really hard game to talk about because I think it is a like nine out of ten game. It's just the bugs that, and there's probably a lot of other things that are overshadowing it this year. That too. That too. Like, if man, if they held this back for a couple of months and they released it like early next year, it would have been amazing. But yeah, I'm I'm having a good time with this game. Um, what there's oh uh shout out to all the black Pokemon in this game, yo! Like what? Oh my gosh, the the Taurus is all black. Oh, that giant can learn Stomp. As I said, Antoine used Stomp is great. All right, that, that's that's all I've been playing. Jordan, yep. hey buddy, how you doing? I have been playing some games too. No, no, no. no. I asked you how you were doing. Now, now what games you're playing? How you doing? I'm doing good. Okay, yeah. good. Great, great. All right, what are you playing? all right (laughs) what are we trying to say all right so i've been playing um mafia defendant i mean like i'm my old backlog like backlog from from, like multi-year backlog i maybe the little fender bender i got into knocked some sense into me because i'm doing a disservice (laughs) to myself by continuing to go forward and playing these games about playing these old ones um one I've already played, but I'm just replaying it, you know, because uh, it is one of my, my favorite games of all time. But the first one is not one of my favorite games of all time. Um, Mafia Definitive Edition. It was a remaster of Mafia games that came out, you know, God knows how long ago. But it was like a building from the ground up and cutscenes and gameplay. It's still a fairly janky game in terms of, mm. you know, combat mechanics and shooting. Wait, it's this not- isn't the remake, right? This is yeah, well, it's the remaster. It's like it's a remaster of a game that came out in like 2004 back on the PS2 and all that. Um, Weren't they Mafia. doing a remake? Well, they talk about doing a they've re released two and three mm-hmm. again. Um, three wasn't a remake. Well, th- you know what? This definitive edition would be considered a remake because of how different it looked from the original one in terms gotcha. of visuals and tech and all that. Like it was literally rebuilt from the ground up. I think two and three were remasters, just, you know, more polygons and just like a more better compression, you know, uh, 1080p or whatever. But yeah. this is a very prototypical. I, I never played the original. I played three a little bit. It's three was kind of difficult for me to get through. I just got bored of it. You know, I, I bought the game multiple times, actually. Um, but Mafia Definitive Edition is a very prototypical mafia story. You know, like you have the crime bosses, you have your boss, you used to be a cabbie, and now they put you under his wing. He's kind of a good guy, but you can't tell he's a really bad guy, probably screwing over mm-hmm. everyone. You know, you're getting into his, you're like you're getting involved with his goddaughter, blah, blah, blah. You know, pizza over here, some pasta over there type Italian stuff. You wow. know, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, like, seriously, yeah, like they're, they're, they're in a diner and that's what they're serving. All right. So, like, <laughs> it, it, it's a very prototypical. Italian mafia story because, like, you know, you had, you had the Irish mob, you had the black mob, which was the thing, um, you had a Jewish mob, you had a Greek mob. This is the Italian mob, is what, is what mafia is focusing on. Um, and yeah, I'm just like the game plays itself, no difficulty at all. And it's you know, I'm just it's for me, it's kind of like a holiday, like godfather esque 
thing, thing for me to play right now. And yeah, I, would I recommend buying it? No. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man 2018. The thing about me and the Spider-Man game, like I would love the main part of it, and then I would fall off during the DLCs. So now I'm finally going like I I beat two of the DLCs, like the the Black Cat one and the first uh, Iron Head I'm, I'm, Hammerhead. Uh, Hammerhead one. Um, and I, I stopped at the third one, so I, I'm, I finished up the third one right now, so I can get into Miles Morales for the hol- for the holiday season. And um, all that I hope to get done before I get Callisto Protocol and even Speed Unbound. You you um, played Miles Morales already? Or no? no, no, I, I wanted I okay. wanted to wait. I wanted to wait. Um, remember, someone hacked my account and bought it for me, and I was like, oh, yes. "Fuck that shit! Give my money back. I'm yes. gonna buy it on my own terms." Um, Sony had one heck of a deal that I knew was coming down a pipe for which if you got the Miles Morales Definitive Edition, you also got Spider-Man Remastered. So I yeah, played through Spider-Man. This is my third time going through Spider-Man, actually. But this is like, you know, the, the PS5 version of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, Amazing Games still one of my favorite games of the last 10 years. Yeah, I still haven't played any of the DLCs for that. Yes. But. That's good. Yeah, that's cool. Fine. I mean, it's more more the same. More no, very little enemy change. Just more story, yeah. more Spider Man. That works. That yep. works. All right. Well, um, that has been it for the games we have been playing. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to like this video if you are watching us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. Don't forget, if you are listening to us, please leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. Don't forget, if you missed any of our information, any of us, that you just want to know who we are, how to get in contact with us, you can find all the information and more on pressx2start.com. There's no slashes. It's just that. It's just that raw URL. Just click it. Click the raw URL. Whoa. Do it. Um... Yeah, you know, other than that, it's just, it's the same old, same old. You know, you be safe. You keep playing games. You keep having fun. You keep having a great day slash night slash evening wherever you are in this world. All right. Peace out, y'all.